Sister Lisa coming to you from the ill, the Edmund Elder Library, and today we're on page 164 of Life After Grief, Choosing the Path to Healing by Rebecca Hayford Bauer. If I seem out of breath, because I am, I just took out some trash cans to the curb. This is Thursday morning, the morning, the morning that most of us live for, get our garbage taken out, get our garbage picked up for many years, for many, many years, my husband picked up garbage outside of city limits for Chester County, um, in Chester County, not for Chester County, um, but if you're thinking of ever becoming a trash hauler for people, doing a service for people outside the county, you might want to think again. Because even though the customers are wonderful and getting to see the beautiful scenery, my husband enjoyed that part of it. And he loved having his truck and going up and down the back roads. But there's this thing, and I know I've mentioned it before, but there's a dump fee. When the haulers go out to the dump, they have to weigh in. And then after they dump, they go away again, and then so they and they get billed. They get charged for how much they dump out there. And um, it just to me that just seems like a <laughs> uh, that seems like it seems wrong. That really seems wrong to me because um, all the customers in Chester County have to pay a dump fee inside the county and outside inside the city limits and outside the city limits. And if they go take their own garbage, every one of them customers, they can take their own garbage to the dump for no fee. But because my husband was doing it and um, to make money, he got billed. And it's true with all the haulers. All the haulers, they get that extra charge. And it just, like I said, it doesn't make any sense. It's actually wrong. It's double dipping. Um, but anyway, so think again. Think again before you do something like that. Because even though your Modi's bright, it's not it's not fair. It's not fair. But anyhow, <laughs> he did it for a long, long time. But here in here in the city, in the city, um, we take ours out and um, to the curb, and the city picks it up for us. And we don't have to pay anybody else for doing that. And we don't get paid for doing that. <laughs> so. Um, Thursday mornings. We all like to get as much as we can out, get it hauled off. We're thankful for that service. We thank God that we do um, have a land. Well, we don't have a landfill. That's the best way they had dumping fees. Because even our city, our big trucks here in the city, they even get billed by the dump out there. It's true. They do. <laughs> they do. And so, um, yeah. But so many times it's true. That's true with all of us and a lot of things, you know. A lot of things in life, There, there's a lot of things that's not fair in life. But there's a lot of, look, that we wake up this morning, that God woke us up this morning, gave us breath to breathe, gave us energy. We're so indebted to our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're so indebted to our Creator, our Maker, who causes the, the rain to come down and the sunshine to come down and make our flowers to grow and to help us daily he loaded up benefits and he provides the money that we pay to our debtors that 
No, for the debtors. Pay to our... <laughs> he provides the money, for uh, as our energy for us to earn money to pay our bills, no matter what they are. No matter what our bills are, He provides. And so to Him we give Him glory and praise. So, did I get my breath back? Probably instead of getting my breath back, I got tired of trying to think of all that stuff to say off the top of my head. But lesson, letting go. How do you become not married? This is Rebecca Bauer. She's talking about the loss of her husband, Scott, who was a minister. And I believe they were in their 40s. But anyway, so, as you can tell, she's probably... I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, she, I'm pretty sure she got remarried. But anyway, if your journey involves the loss of being married, either through death or divorce, if your journey involves the loss of being married, either through death or divorce, the desire for a future relationship is normal. God created us for companionship. The first relationship he set in place was marriage. But what I have found is that we need to learn to be not married before we can step into another relationship. People tend to want to hurry this along, but give yourself time. I read once that it takes about a year for every five years you were married to fully heal from the loss of a marriage. On my journey, I found this to be an accurate, an accurate, if I can read, I found this to be an accurate time frame. You may be healing from different issues depending on whether you lost your marriage as a result of death or divorce. But either way, give yourself time to fully process your healing. Suddenly being single didn't make me feel single on the inside. I got married at such a young age that I didn't know how to not be married. This became a very large part of my journey because clearly my husband was gone. I was no longer married. But my responses to people and situations were all still married responses. How do you stop being married, feeling married? One example that struck me as particularly funny happened several years down the road. A guy actually made a pass at me. Wow, that hadn't happened in a long time. And I didn't notice it or respond to it. I'm sure he was devastated. But my point is, it was a married person response. There were other things too. No one knew how devastating it was to suddenly have no one to be held, to hold me or to hold my hand. No one to partner with, no one to give to. I found that one of the things I missed most was simply buying a man's shirt. Buying one for my sons just wasn't the same. It took me a couple of years to stop using we language. We're going to do this. We're going to go on vacation. It was such a habit that I repeatedly said we when only talking about myself. I had to make a point to con- correct myself. But how do you break a 30-year habit? As with em- everything else with intention, with decision, with choice. I remember that there came a morning, though, when as I woke up and was slowly waking to my day, it suddenly hit me. I don't feel like a wife anymore. Then more importantly, I don't feel like a widow anymore either. The enormous losses were being assimilated into my new life. More steps toward joy. No longer consumed with grief, I began to feel like me. I was at that point that I began to seriously consider that possibility of getting married again. Did I even want that? Not everyone does. If you're one of the ones who does not want to be married again, that's okay. This is not a question with a right or right wrong answer. If you would like to pursue the possibility of being married again, however, I would strongly suggest the following. First and foremost, I absolutely urge you to create a relationship committee. 
We all need people who are watching out for us and who are not involved in the emotional aspects of a relationship. Bring trusted friends into the process with you. Dating again is not like dating before. A long hiatus from dating can impair judgment. We get lonely and date anyone, or we get excited about going out with someone and put up with anything. I'm not even talking about abuse here. If that happens, run and don't ever go back. That is always inappropriate in any relationship. Rather, I'm talking about someone who does not treat you with respect or who does not value you. Walk God's way. That's probably enough said. But let me add that it's difficult to turn this part of your life off. Still, there are many who have walked this road purely. You can do it too. The gift of preserving yourself in obedience to the Lord, whether you remarry in the future or not, is worth more than leaving pieces of your heart strewn around for the world's version of love or comfort. That doesn't last. God's way does. Timing is everything, and the timing is God's. People often want to speed up the timing. Sometimes us, sometimes others. Before I was ready to even consider the thought of remarriage, a lady at church announced to me that God wanted to give me a new husband. Well, okay. But I wasn't even ready for the thought, let alone the reality. The disturbing thing was that when I verbally backed away from that topic, the woman just kept pushing. I told my sister later that I wasn't sure that what the woman wanted me to do, take applications. This isn't something you can make happen. God either does it or he doesn't. The timing is his. I once heard a saying that I loved. Dance with Jesus, and when the right man comes along, he will let him cut in. It makes the point. We can make something happen if we try hard enough. We could even take applications, but as Scott and I used to tell our children when they hit dating age, you don't need to date around. You just need God to send the right one. And I know that's so true. And when uh, I moved to Kansas... After I had my heart broken <laughs> when I was 15, when I was fi- I didn't move to Kansas when I was 15, but I had my heart broken when I was 15, 16. I guess I had just turned 16. Uh, the guy I was dating was quite a bit older than me, and he'd gone off to the Air Force. He went and joined the Air Force, so he was away. And I remember my heart was broken, crushed. But, um, I moved to Kansas when I was 18, and right before I turned 19, and I had met my husband. I met him when I visited my cousin when I was, uh, I think, 15. I went out to a camp, and um, I remember the my husband's pastor's wife then at the time found out he was interested in me. She goes, she's got a boyfriend, talking about the, the one that ended up breaking my heart. But anyway, um, when he found out that I moved to Kansas, I mean, yeah, when I moved to Hutchison, he had um, went to ABI for a couple of years, and he was thinking about going out to Western Kansas, being on a in a wheat harvest, um, helping out some relatives because he loved that. He'd done that one summer. He loved he loved being on the combine and the wheat harvest. But when he heard that I was in Kansas, he he dropped everything. He quit all that, those thoughts, and he contacted my pastor, which had had. My uncle was my pastor, which had been his pastor when he was growing up. They, he grew up in Hutchison, and then his parents had moved to Topeka. When um, and he hated that. He hated that when um, when they had moved. But anyway, when he found out that I moved to Hutchison, he called my uncle and said if he could come back to the church there, and and he did. In fact, they gave him a room in the basement for him to live in until he could find another place to stay at. 
and um, yeah, he had an intent. <laughs> he had an intent, and then my uncle assigned him to be the youth leader. And um, I, we may have been married when that happened. Anyway, he he helped with the young people in um, in our school, in the PE, in the in the the boys the boys gym, I guess. And uh, anyway, I can't remember. It's been so long. But he anyway. They kept sending him to pick me up from work. Then they invite him to eat with us. They threw us together. I it looked like they were throwing us together, but they were encouraging. They already knew that Mark had had his mind that way. And so I went from their house. I went from my parents' house to my aunt and uncle's house to Mark's house. <laughs> Got married because he did end up getting a little. Uh, he ended up getting a duplex, uh, one side of a duplex house and a small apartment. Uh, it was like. It was two bedroom, I guess, but it was pretty, it was pretty shotgun. It was pretty, um, small. The kitchen was tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, but I remember that. We was only there like a year, maybe not even quite a whole year before we found another place. But anyway, um, he had asked when he did ask me to marry him. We had dated a couple months and he asked me, and, but he was thinking nine months to a year. Well, I, um, being the resourceful person I was, I asked my dad when his vacation was. And it was in July, which was like four months. So we got married. We got engaged in March. We went to Kansas. My cousin Marshall went with us as a chaperone. <laughs> we went to Kansas and asked my dad for his permission to get married. And then we ended up getting married four months later because where my dad had his vacation time. So... Um, and then we was married 38 years. This year would be 40. Um, this July 23rd, a couple weeks. But I'm, I, I might cry. I don't know. I'm going to try not to cry. But I had this um, picture of my husband that I had made into a blanket, a cribside blanket. I know one of his pictures of him wearing his cowboy hat and his cowboy boots. It's not life size. It's a big. It's it's crib size. What I said, but it's it's a pretty. It's a full length picture. I have it here on the wall. But when I walk in, I look at it. It's almost like him being. Uh, it's not like him being here, but it's like you know. And I like there's a little memory box of some things that cards and stuff people sent at his funeral and just different some photographs and stuff that I gathered up of us throughout the years a memory box but I looked at that picture and I said honey I said I'm your memory box <laughs> I am so full of memories of us that I am just he's with me all the time because of memories and I'm gonna, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be one of those people that never remarry I don't have any interest in that Mark is my guy he's the one whom God is trying to give up that no man put us under and I always said not me not him not God, because even though he's dead, he's still very much a part of my life. We got our ministry and children, and got a new one, got a new grandchild on the way. And, um, you know, it's just God has been good to me. I can't complain. And even though I, even though I do miss my husband, I know that Jesus is coming soon that we cannot be wallowing in grief. We gotta be rejoicing. In fact, my prayer today 
from your boat around the globe, my prayer group. Our theme this today is joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. And we gotta just keep on praising God for that joy. Jesus, Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. You'll have joy. So let's pray for one another. Let's love one another. And remember that there is life after grief. Choosing the path to healing. Let the Lord heal us. Let him pick up the pieces of our life. And know he's in control. He is in control of our life. And he wants the best. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be full of joy. He wants us to enjoy the day. Remember I told you a few months back that I was praying saying, God, what do you want me to do today? It is like I felt my spirit. What he wanted was enjoy the day. He wants us to enjoy it. All the things that he provided for us, what I said earlier, the flowers from the, the rain and the sunshine that makes the beautiful flowers and the grass and the trees, all the beauty. When my husband would drive on the trash route, see all the beautiful things, the sunrise, sunset many times, he'd go out at night it's dark and then you see the sun right it took 12 hours he picked up trash for like 12 hours in Chester County uh, from Sunday night to, um, around 10 o'clock Sunday night he picked up all through the night his trash customers was okay with that and um, he'd come drop off a load or two here because the dumps weren't open and then he'd go keep on going and then when the dump opened he'd, he'd take the load whatever's on his truck come back over here pick up another load I'm like man honey you're tra- touching those trash bags four times each I said I don't even want to touch them once <laughs> yeah he'd pick them dump them and all that and then have to pay those fees but anyway God knows he did it out of love and service and I'm sure that the benefits the benefits of time that he got to spend alone with God and he'd pray for his trash customers in their driveways he'd pray over them and you know what we see we we see the negative side of things like picking up smelly trash but his song his song that I share a lot of times with you all about Lord I praise you in the midnight hour Lord I praise you when I don't understand Lord I praise you in the midnight hour Every promise in your word is true. Lord, I praise you walking through a valley. Lord, I praise you trusting in your unseen hand. Lord, I praise you walking through my valley. I am trusting in your nail-scarred hand. Lord, I praise you up the rocky mountain. Lord, I praise you for your strength abides in me. Lord, I praise you up my rocky mountain. You have led me to the promised land. That's the words of my husband's song. And he got that. He wrote that while he was out on the trash route one night. So, anyway, see, the Lord does take our ashes and makes beauty. Beauty from ashes, joy from pain, you know, dancing for morning. That's the truth. He is going to make everything turn out right. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Love you all. Lisa Peter, your host of The Ill, the Edwin Elder Library podcast. Life after grief, choosing the path to healing. Bye-bye.